Welcome in to another edition of the Fezzik Focus Podcast. I'm A.J. Hoffman, joined as always by the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Steve, how are you? It's September. It's football time, baby. It is winning time. It is football time, and as you guys know, NFL starts this weekend. We're all excited. Everybody's pumped. And everybody's running around trying to get their money in on these last-minute contests. So we we figured because the focus is coming out a little early this week, we're gonna ha- we're still gonna have the dream preview. We want to make sure you guys know what we're talking about with these contests. So we decided this is what the uh, the the focus of the focus pod would be this week. But as always, let's start with a fez tale. Let's do a fez tale from the early two thousands when I had just I'd moved to Vegas. I was a full-time gambler, and I actually got invited into the Stardust Invitational. And it's always hard to determine, you know, who's legit and who's not legit, et cetera. And you get a very small sample results in contests. So I'm in the Stardust Invitational. I can't recall if it's the first round or the second round, but I'm up against Ed Salmons, very respected odds maker, works for uh, Jay Cornegay over at the Westgate. And so Ed and I are going head-to-head. And I go one five and one. Oof. And the gambling uh, Twitter, the trolls are going crazy. I, I, really, the message boards back then, not Twitter, just like lambasting me like a complete fraud, phony, idiot, dummy, phony. How could he go one five and one? Except Ed Sammons, who is a winning better and a very respected guy, somehow went one and six. It was just oh. a bad week. So it's <laughs> so you dead. advance and I survive in advance. And the very next week, bang, 7-0. and Uh-huh. Go on to wind up in the finals of the Stardust Invitational. This is mid-2000s. Haven't won any contests at this point. But think, think about this. So if I lose that contest, which I'm going to lose 93% of the sure. time at 1-5-1, and one, I probably never get invited back to the Stardust Invitational. So, you know, and that helps cement me, you know, as a solid handicapper of one of the mm-hmm. few people who went 7-0 and you know, in that contest, and I think there was two others, Kevin O'Neill and one other person, and that kind of, it, it shows the luck factor, you know, and, and in fact, um, I read a book called Outsiders um, Gladwell that talks about, like, really smart people can become very successful and not successful at all, and oftentimes there's, like, one point of demarcation in their careers yeah. where they could go one way or another one decision sometimes, like, yeah. Yeah, and then even, like, in 2008, uh, you know, I won, you know, the, the Westgate, um, the Super Contest, by, you know, just the smallest of margins. I can't remember if it was a half a game or a game. But, you know, one you, you take one game away, and I, I don't I didn't have the tie breaks, I wouldn't have won. So Was that the year that Matt Holt came in saying it? Uh, I think that was the second year. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. I didn't know who Matt, Matt Holt was, and they had an alias, so I didn't really know who, gotcha. I, who I was up against. But I, you know, as far as going back to the luck factory, um, I started that year fourteen and one. So I started out in first place, and then I kind of like slipped back. And then by early December, I was in tenth place, and I just wasn't doing so well. And it wasn't as much of a priority because I was like almost out of the top ten. And I still remember like we went up to Lake Tahoe for a weekend, so my full focus wasn't there that weekend. And I remember with my picks that I put those in. Like early, and I never put in my picks early, but it's like I was going to be out of town, and bang, it was one of those weeks with all the late line moves lost, and I went five and zero, oh, and everyone else like went one and four. So literally, 
I went from you, you won because you weren't paying attention. I won because I played poorly that week, and then bang! After that, I was in, you know, tied for second, and it was, and I was right there to the end. And so, you know, if I don't go to Tahoe, I probably go at best two two and one that week, and I don't win that super contest. So it shows how much luck there really is involved. So let's talk about these contests now, and let's let's talk. Games are on Sunday. Well, I mean, actually, games start Thursday. I assume you almost always just eliminate the Thursday game from from your board because that time leading up to between Thursday's kickoff and the deadline is valuable time for information. Yes, and when we're talking contests, we're talking NFL, we're talking college football, we're talking last man standings. Etc. The whole kit and caboodle. Am I going to enter them all? We will see. You know how much time, because at some point, if contests have different um, points where um, you have to submit by, it becomes a full time job on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and guess what? I'm making a heck of a lot of money betting on Saturday. So every time I have to, if I have to, like you know, stop what I'm doing and submit in picks, that's costing me money. Sure. It's costing me a lot of money when I have to drive to a property and put them in at a kiosk. You know, that's and but just the the, the idea of having to to do the work and and submit and people are like, well why don't you know what your contest plays are gonna be on Wednesdays? Because because everything changes sure. over the course of the year. And that's why yes, Thursday I almost never put a pick in on Thursday because I'm too compromised with the tail of the information to have to submit the other four picks. It's not that I don't want to play the Thursday game. I just would like to submit the Thursday game and like be able to put the other four picks in later right. in the week. And that's not an option that's open to me. So in general, um, you know, so, some people drop you little Easter eggs along the way. And one time, um, a guy named Las Vegas Chris said, and he and he's done great in contests and had some numerous top fives. And he said he almost didn't get his picks. And Saturday was the deadline was 3 p.m. And he put him in like it. He took a nap accidentally. 2.59. I don't know why anyone would nap on a Saturday. There's a professional gambler. I don't nap. But that's neither here nor near. I think he just passed out. So he, but he got his picks in right before. But here's, here's the point to that. And the, the, the obvious lesson is don't let the deadline expire without getting sure. your picks in. Then the more subtle um, Easter egg, if you will, is, well, don't put your picks in. Until the very end, also, you know, you've like in the last hour, you should be putting them in, not, you know, the night before. Oh, we put them in the night before, just in case I um, some I get busy. Well, well, now you're being lazy now, and people are like, well, I'm in Nebraska, I had to get a proxy. It's like, all right, you know, but that that is going to put you at a distinct disadvantage to not know that Dobbins is out for the year for Baltimore or whatever. I know he doesn't move the needle, but you get, you get the idea. And I know he's not out for the year. He's just right, right. But, but I'm just, I'm just throwing out examples of the later you can play the better, even like um, last man standing, this will be controversial. So let's say you've got a game that you absolutely love. That's um, on a Friday, for instance, the last man standing. So oh, put it, put in your for game. A, a college game, you college mean. game. Okay. I would make the case. I don't care how much I like it. All right. I'm still waiting until Saturday because I want a game I really like that I'm getting a stale two points on top of it. I want I want the full boat here. I want a game I love minus um, six and a half that I can lay four and a half in a contest. Like that's the um, that's what I'm going for. So example would be um, the uh, you you liked a game already and now there's a key injury in your favor, so the line's steaming through the roof. And so now you're like, I would have played it anyways at this number, and now I love the game. What percentage of people? Let's say, let's stick with that contest for instance, the last man standing contest for for college. So games start 
9 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday. What percentage of people do you think have already submitted by Saturday morning? And then what percentage do you think are submitting, let's say, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m.? Those with the proxy have all submitted. All right. Those without a proxy, I think probably 90 percent will have submitted by 9 a.m. So it's a it's a you agree with that? By 9 a.m.? Yes. Well, I mean, I would hope everybody submitted by 9 a.m. Because if after 9 a.m., you're, you're out, right? Like, no, or you're, no, it's you, too no, you late. Just can't use you the, can't use the 9 a.m. game. You can't use the 9 a.m. game. So well, you're, you've got a compromised card, but you've got perfect information on the rest of the game. Okay, so my, my question is, though, like, what percentage of people are betting in that three-hour window leading up to kickoff versus – how and granted, there's going to be a percentage who miss who who miss the 9 a.m. games and do later, but of the people who submit before 9 a.m., how many are submitting in that 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. window, and how many are submitting some somewhere else in the week up to Saturday night? I think or up two, to Friday night. I think probably two thirds of the people put their picks in from Friday afternoon to Friday night would be my guess. Okay, would so you, the, would it, you agree with that? I, that I, I I was thinking maybe a quarter. Are, are getting up Saturday morning yeah. and going and put their picks in, which I think gives you a massive advantage if you're willing to do that. Yes, but it also, unfortunately, gives you a massive disadvantage in terms of your Saturday betting. If you're betting over the course um, of, oh, here, here here comes one of the numerous you know shows that's going to release a handicapper that's going to give out plays, and, and that play is going to be there on FCS, for instance, for sure. 20 seconds. It's going to move four points. Nope. Hey, did did you get Bowling Green? No, I didn't get Bowling Green plus thirty. Well, it's twenty six now. What were you doing? I had to put my contest picks in. You see how much money I this can cost you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now let's talk about what types of contests you're looking for in particular. What, I, I mean, obviously, the first thing you want to know is what kind of overlay is there, right? Yeah. And so the best overlay is it's free, right? <laughs> free is good. So now at some point, free is worthless, all right? So kind of like you walked into a casino, they you spin the wheel, you mm-hmm. wait in line, spin the wheel, win a prize, can win $10,000. You're not going to win $10,000. You're going to win like um, a keychain holder, all right? right. And you're going to waste three minutes of your life doing that. That's not optimal usage of your time. So if, it, if the EV is only worth a dollar and it's free, it's not worth it. But having said that, I poo-poo it. Uh, Andy Isco once won $10,000 in the Stardust um, they're, they're, they're free pick. You, you pick every game against the spread and mm-hmm. he got, he got them all right. And he won the 10,000 one time. So that was, um, it's, it, it certainly can, it, it's a nice, it's nice that th- those things hit and even local bars and stuff have these kind of contests. But, um, ultimately I'm looking for an overlay An overlay is King. So what's happening, you know, right now we're on pace for, we'll see how it pans out. The millions at Circa is on pace to have an overlay. The survivor is not. Or I'm projecting there'll be more okay. than six thousand entries. They need six thousand entries for their to not for the guarantee not to kick in. So let's assume that millions only gets five thousand instead of six thousand. So that's one six. What is that like seventeen yep. percent for an overlay? All right. And people are like, well, should I play millions or survivor? And I've heard this from mo- the consensus is, well, figure out which one you're better with. You know that you would um, you have a better advantage and pick that. You know, don't let the overlay decide. And uh, frankly, I think it's bad advice. I, Do you? I, I mean, I th- it does make sense to play the game that you've got a better chance at. Like if you if you told me the uh, like I, I'm clearly going to be better in college football than the NFL, and you said there's a college contest with a small overlay, an NFL contest with a massive one. 
if I've got my budget for one of these contests, it feels like I still have a better chance of winning the college. One, I think right? that, I think that that's a good point when you're when you're comparing a college to an NFL contest. Excellent point. I don't think, but if, if a Survivor versus a Millions is an NFL versus an NFL, so it's the same sport. Um, but it's just a different style of game. I guess a different game theory type of. No, uh, no doubt, but it's not as extreme as like should I play in a poker term with a great overlay that's that's Omaha. Well, I don't know how to play Omaha, gotcha. so okay. it probably isn't going to help me much to be dead muddy in an in an overlay. But let me let me give an extreme example. Let's say you've got three thousand dollars budgeted for circa contests. All right, and let me ask you: so you can play millions, or you can play Survivor. Uh, you can play three, and you can have three entries in one or the other, or you can split them one okay. and two. Okay, and let's say you've got a twenty percent um, uh, guarantee overlay in millions, zero in Survivor. Okay. How would you split up your entry? I would do three, uh, three and zero. I, I would do zero survivor with the, but I my comfort level with the games is equal. Yes, yes. So you know, you you, it, take, it, you 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 would take the overlay. I always try for the overlay. Now, now, all this discussion is based upon expected value. If we're talking about utility wise, now it's a different story. Okay, people pay money to go play golf. It's fun. All mm-hmm. right, they're not going to win nothing. All right. Yeah. Um, I understand survivors are really fun. All right. I understand last man standings are fun. You know why Survivor and last man standings are so much more fun than any other contest? They're, they're simple. They're, they, don't take, they don't take as much thought. They're simple, and there's another key reason. Okay. Let's see if McKenzie can come up with it. McKenzie, why is it so much fun to be in Survivor or last man standing? People like to win. People like to win, but ultimately they're not going to win. Is it just something? It gives but you something to talk week about every you're week? You're winning 80% of the time. 90% there you of the go. Time. Every week you're winning 90% of the time, and guess what? You only got to lose once. <laughs> At the end of week six, if you're still alive, you are the chip leader. Think about this. Think about how much fun. Anyone who's played in a poker tournament who's the chip leader knows how tremendously fun that entire experience is. Oh. The entire two days. And you go to break as a chip leader? And there's only right. And then you go you go just, just, Feeling just good. tell everybody about how, what donkeys you have at your table and how yeah. you're dominating them. Here, here, here's the point. Everyone's the chip leader. That's what makes Last Man Standing and Survivor so good. Because if you're in the millions and you're in 138th place, it's not you're not chip leader. You know you're like you're staring, you're chasing, up, you're chasing, and that's a, a good position to be in versus a bad. Although that, you know that's a, a good debate. Like I, I argue with people, like they're like, oh, I went three and two. It's a good start to to millions, and I said no, it isn't. It's a terrible start. Your your equity is now below your entry fee. And they're like, but. How can that be? And I'm like, because it's so top heavy and there's quarterly prizes. And, you know, if you lost two, you just you just lost the first quarter contest. Now you're drawing dead and you get the idea. That you well, really... if that's the case, when you say you've lost equity, if you've got a thousand dollar entry, you go three and two the first week. What's that entry worth to you? Probably six hundred and fifty. What ha- what's the entry worth if you go five and oh? Probably three thousand. Okay. Something wow, that's maybe, a big jump. Maybe not quite that high, but I'm counting in all the quarterly prizes. I could that could be a little bit too extreme. Okay. But but, but it. But is, if someone if someone went five and zero oh and offered to sell you that entry, and they said two thousand dollars, you'd jump on it. Oh yes. Okay. Oh my yes. I'm I'm certain that you would have more than you know double your your equity. Let me go back and give you an extreme example. But you you already got the answer right, which makes it you know more difficult. With you you'd play millions versus oh, okay. survivors. Now some people would say, you know, oh I'd split my entries or I'd go two and one, and, and it's just the wrong answer in in my opinion. But let me let me throw it out to you this way. So we're talking about twenty percent guarantee overlay. All right. Um, hypothetically, okay. let's change things up. Let's assume there is no overlay. Right, you got you budgeted three thousand dollars. Now here's the situation: um, you've got um, 
uh, 6,000 entries in both Millions and Survivor. No guarantee. You know, no rake. All the money gets sure. returned. But there's no, there's no extra money being put in by the house. And, but there's one small change being made. Now there's going to be a 20% rake charge to Survivor. Circus says, you know what? I'm sorry. We had some admin issues. We got to charge you 20%. Are you going to play Millions? Yes. Are you going to play Survivor? No. And it's now it's like crystal clear, right? It, yeah, it's I mean that's how, as, as that makes sun, it quite obvious. The sky is blue, but here's where I would make I'd make the argument. Nothing is in terms of a, a relative value perspective. That example I give where it's outrageous that you'd have to pay a 20% rake. Of course you're not going to play that. But when you're comparing Millions to Survivors, that's exactly the same analysis as a Millions uh, or Survivor with no rake. All right, no guarantee versus a millions where with a twenty with overlay. percent overlay, it's exactly the same. Yeah. You're you're comparing apples to apples here, and yet in the one example, people a lot of people well they're they're talking with their money. A lot of people right now are signing up for Survivor. There's more Survivor people than millions, and it's projected that there will not be an overlay certainly in Survivor. And yet, if they had flipped it the other way and said there's a twenty percent rake, I, I now there wouldn't be as many entries being put in. But I, I assure you that you would not be seeing this disparity. Do you think people – and I, don't, I hate to – anybody who's playing these contests, I mean, good for you. But it, do you think that there's sort of a with – the, with the survivor, it, it's almost like it's – you can kind of dummy your way through it in a way at least. Like if you don't if, – if one week you just don't have time to deal with it, it's real easy to say, okay, I guess I'll just burn the Chiefs this week or something like that. Like versus – in the millions, you've got to focus in and get five it's, good picks every it's a, week. It's a simpler contest, but most of the people entering it aren't approaching it like that. They really think— Oh, they've got it all mapped out yes, per, by the week. Right, yeah, sure. Right. In fact, I would argue that uh, Survivor is kind of like backgammon, and millions is like chess. There's no question in my mind that picking five games against the spread is, is much more complex— than Survivor. Now, I get that Survivor has complexity, like you mentioned, mapping out the entire year and trying to get the right paths and the like. Thanksgiving. I mean, that, that complicates but, things. But you put, I can put my son in, into Survivor and he'll do just fine. In fact, I would argue he'll probably do better than the average person. And if I put my son into millions, he's not going to do as well. All right. There's going to be stuff that he's not going to be, you know, get right, you know, but Survivor, I mean, he's not, my son's not going to take a pick em game. Like a lot of, you know, adults, sure. you know, he's going to be, Daddy, these dummies are like playing playing a, a game that they're only going to get right 50% of the time. We need to get it right, you know, you know 75% of the time, When right? is Johnny going to start selling picks here is what I want to know. He's, um, RJ hasn't approved it yet because there's some some kind of bullshit child labor laws. Oh, goodness. Get that over are it. Like, that are, get over that yourselves, are, government. That, 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 that are causing us trouble. You know, there's like... Um, um, I'm trying to think of like the youngest handicapper. Oh, but the Simpsons, you know, Lisa, <laughs> you know, going ahead. And the happiest day of my life was when the New Orleans Saints kicked a meaningless <laughs> field goal to cover against the Atlanta Falcons. So let's talk about the Westgate Super Contest. Or like this is the contest that you've won twice. I, I, obviously, I'm going to enter. There's a maximum three. I'm going to enter all three. And just because I'm a legacy. Yeah. So let, let's like it, at this point. Circa is probably a better contest, a more prestigious contest, but because you have two, like having a third super contest would be, for branding, for things like that, would be big for you, right? Exactly. Now, you said something that's very critical here. You said Circa is obviously like the more prestigious contest. So, so, so this is kind of like that point of demarcation. Remember when RJ said 
they're hit a day. People said the Eagles might be better than the Cowboys. Well, that's really what has happened. How has that happened? How has the Westgate, which by all standards was, you know, the universal, you know, number one book. Mm -hmm. And how did Circa become the number one book? Well, I'll tell you how they did it. Um, They took bigger limits. Um, They posted early. Posted (laughs) early. They didn't limit people on the apps where they can barely bet anything, the sharps on the on the apps. So so Westgate, unless you're doing something that they feel is inappropriate, for instance, someone working at McDonald's betting 40,000 a game, that's probably not kosher. Probably doesn't add up that that's, that person's bets um, unless they own a lot of the McDonald's. Sure. Um, and which is fine that, you know, that makes sense. But the bottom line is that the, the books like the South point and the Westgate have taken a model for the, for the most part, they let most people bet, but they scale people back, you know, significantly and their app limits are low and circus still guns a blazing moving forward. And they've become the premium sportsman. And frankly, Caesars has, has surpassed Westgate and South point. Caesars is, is, is a slam dunk number two. And I know people are listening like, oh, that's bullshit, Fez. I got kicked out of William Hill like two years ago. It's like, well, you, you've been reinstated. Go talk to them because they have a completely new business model. And with the legalization of sports betting, it makes sense. They want to have a reputation that they take bets. And player friendly. Player friendly. They take um, $2,000 bets on, on prop bets and the like. And, um, you know, I'm living pro. I'm a seven stars member. From you wouldn't bet. get that way if they limited you to two hundred dollars a bet. Yeah, so to, get, to become a seven stars member, it means um, well, I got five hundred thousand points, which means I bet a hell of a lot more than five hundred thousand dollars this year. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about that that super contest. How are the deadlines different from the circa? How do you manage the two? Yeah. Now I wish all the deadlines were like. An of hour course. apart, you know, that's all so I could have <laughs> And you a could just make a lap and t- Sat- drop everything off. Sat- well, or just on my apps, just submit Saturday at 3 and Saturday at 4. Now, the cutoff last year was 11 per- p.m. in person, 9 p.m. using the app at the Westgate. So I assume it'll be something similar, you know, this year. I haven't, I haven't double-checked it. And I always sign up for the contest late. I do it the last week. And I'll sign up for the season win contest. I love. That's what I was going to ask you about next. Like, oh, I and love it, that's it. a cheaper contest, right? Two hundred dollars, and you think about it. Like, I don't have to put on my resume. Hey, it was only a two hundred dollar entry fee. I can put you know, finish second in the in the Westgate season win contest out of hundreds of people. You know, so um, it's still a nice payday. I still got six sure. sixty five hundred for it. You know, the, the beauty of that is they don't even update the standing, so it's almost like a surprise. I got an email, you know. Oh, really? So, so, dear <laughs> that Mr. would frustrate the hell out of me. I need to know Mr. every week Fezzik, where I'm at. Congratulations on your second place. And I'm thinking, because I, I added, I knew I was 23-7-2, and two, and I'm like, I don't think that's going to win, but I think that's going to go top three. See, that surprised me, because I would have figured you would have just, because it's something that you don't have to do every week, and I'm thinking for Steve Fezzik, he enters a $200 contest at the beginning of the year, enters his 32 picks, then the entire season happens. In my mind, you probably would have forgotten about this contest. And like, you know. Pretty pretty, pretty much. So it's I, like I they send you an out. email. It's like, hey. I literally <laughs> dug it out in December, and I was like, ooh. Because I knew I was doing well, but not, not but not well enough. And then I was like, "Oh, the Chargers are slumping." The and Chargers you said twenty three seven and two. Yeah. Do you? I mean, what do you think it takes to win that contest? Like, oh, is I'm, going seventy five percent good enough to win? You think most years? Most years, but it's, but it's all contingent upon do the sharp 
moves win. Okay, in other words, if they put a game up, uh, a team up at eight, and that season win goes up to nine, well, the vast majority of the picks are going to be over. So if that team goes under, then your winning percentage that it's going to take to win is going to be you know less because, as opposed to the five, what I would say, um, no brainer plays. If they all win. Well, then it's going to be a whole bunch of people going to start five and zero. So one of the things I talk about with with bracket contests is if you let's say it's a the year that uh, Zion Williamson and Duke were projected to win it all. Mm-hmm. I told myself I don't have, if every if ninety percent of the brackets have Duke, I've got to do something a little different if I want to have a chance to win. Sure, I picked Virginia. I was lucky that year. Virginia won. When when everybody's on one of those moves, do you look at that as a move where if I go the other way and if it works out this way, my edge is massive over the field? Yeah, I do. I, I actually because you can have up to three entries, and mm-hmm. so I consider having like one entry where I'm like, maybe I'll try like two contrarians. Yeah, and like if I go two and zero, oh, wow! I'm, oh yeah, you're a huge favorite. Now. But then again, it's hard because everyone's such a dummy. You hate to like outthink it. You know, you hate to. I say everyone's a dummy. And in a, two, a lot of dummies. In a $200 contest, there's probably a lot more dummies than there are in a $1,000 contest. Yeah, so so I think like uh, going contrarian in a contest with dead money can be a very dangerous thing because then you look back on this. Like if I, if I you know, I played tennis um, last week with Todd Wishnev, and Todd, every time, he, and we had an over-under how many points I would win. And every time he lost a point, he'd start screaming at himself. He's like, it's so stupid. All I got to do is hit it over the net, and I'm going to win the point and just keep it in play. But no, I had to go for the winner. You know, so. How'd you, how'd you uh, do over-under your points? Uh, I, um, oh. I, I covered, I, I did not cover set one. I covered set two, and I covered set three. Okay, hey, two out of three. Now, it sounds ridiculous. I lost 06. 06, 06. Yeah, it was how many points you score, right? But I scored two points, four points, and four points. Now, that sounds ridiculous. But but then again, think about it. So Todd, like, he got 72 points, and I got 10. So when you think about it from that perspective, in any one point, if you'd say, what's the probability Fez wins this point? Um, 10 to 1, that seems outrageous, you know, that I would be 10 to 1 because Todd plays four hours of tennis a day and he weighs 215 pounds now. So he's not fat anymore. One of the so. things, one of the things we did when I was, when I was on radio in Austin was uh, Andy Roddick lived in Austin mm. and Andy came on our show pretty regularly and uh, had a chance to try and return a serve off Andy Roddick. Mm-hmm. It did not happen. Did not happen. Did not happen. Uh, I think, I, I think it was, we started, we said we would do 10 and I think I ended up doing 20 and I was over 20. Did you, um, it's kind of, Almost like a penalty kick where you just have to guess which half he's going yes. to serve to. So you yes. got a 50% chance of being aced, and then you've got a 50% chance of, of it clanging off your, your Of racket. making some kind of contact, and then you've got about a 5% chance of it landing on the other side of the net in in bounds, but that 5% never happened. Yeah, I would say 50% aces <laughs> where you just guess wrong. 50%, it, you don't get it on the strings. And then, so one-fourth of the time, it hits off of some part of your strings, and then good luck, right? Yes. And, and, and of course, you know you're just trying to block it. You're not trying. But he's putting spin on it also, Yeah, right? that's yeah. the problem. And it's, go, it's so much faster than you think. Yes. So much faster. Uh, okay. Still nothing compared to having a 100-mile-an-hour baseball that can hit you in the head coming at you. I can, we did that same contest in Austin. Mm-hmm. I got in a cage. My co-host said I couldn't hit 100 miles an hour. And in a cage, if it's... Now, this is off a pitcher, a pitching machine, so you yeah. know it's coming straight. I can hit it. 
off of a real pitcher th- who can throw 100, I'll probably never hit one. And but. obviously, if you went into a, a, a batting cage and, and you practiced at a 60, and then the first pitch you saw the 100, you would like be hopelessly behind. Oh, Even sure. Though yeah, you know yeah, yeah. it's coming, you just you, – you, your, 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 your nerve sensors have to key in on, no here's doubt. when I swing. No right? doubt. Uh, okay, let's talk about the the college contest. Uh, Scott and Scott Seidenberg and I are doing the college football contest at Will Hill. Will Hill slash season. I never know which one to call it. I don't either. I, I, I'm so used to thinking of William Hill as like a major sports book, so that's what kind of where my mind defaults to. But so I, I know they're trying to rebrand it. $1,000 entry. Yep. Eight entries. Are you going to do more than one? You're going to do. We're going to do just one entry. Just one, because it, it's going to be. It's basically our podcast entry. Okay. Yeah. So, and here's and what we've decided to do is we're going to Scott and I are going to come up with nine picks every week. We're going to let you pull out a dud. Mm-hmm. We may actually give you ten picks to choose from and pull out two duds. Sure. That way we give you five apiece. And then just a mental note: uh, probably the dud is going to be whenever you play. If you play something that is. Not worse than a market number. I have a, I have a, a theory in contests. I hate playing numbers worse than market because I'm like, just go. If, if you want to have a position on that game, just go bet it. Just go right. bet it at the better number. You know, okay, well that makes sense. When you put it in a contest, it, it's essentially like wagering on that play with a thousand dollar entry. I don't know what the exact number is, but like I would say, it's, you're kind of like betting like one hundred fifty dollars per game almost. Like in, it, it, that's too high. Maybe a hundred per game. You know, in, in equity. Eight injury, or eight uh, picks per week, though, it's a lot of picks. Yep. Now, obviously, the menu for college football bigger than the menu for the NFL. Does it feel like a, a balance? Like, does that feel yeah, like a, right. a, a similar number? Because it feels, I, it just feels like the idea of picking eight against the spread every week is just seven it's overwhelming. Feels, seven feels better, doesn't it? It sure would. Odd numbers are always, but you know why? Why, as a handicapper, we love odd numbers. Because you can go four and three and you still win. Yeah, exactly. It's very difficult to have a winning week when you only give out two, two plays. If you go four and four, you lost. Yeah. If you give out four plays, you got to go three and one to win. Exactly. Yeah. So, so okay. Uh, what other contests are in town that people need to know about? So we'll do the last man standing, college and pro. That, you know, that's, that's and utility wise, so it's a twenty five dollar entry. You get the nice little perk. You buy four entries, you get the fifth free. You are doing that. Right? I am doing that. Yeah, because because now all of a sudden you've got you've you've created an overlay, because there's going to be some people that are just going to sign up once or twice. Right. You know, probably not that many, three or four. <laughs> Remember, no, no not, one's signing up like, three times. No one's signing up three times, but there are people signing up just just sure. One, you know, so you get a little bit of an overlay. You get dead by. You're going to be a lot of people that just don't even put in their picks. They can't get get around to yep. it. Um, which, and it makes sense. It's only twenty five dollar entry fee. So what the heck, you know? Um, in fact, I there have been times. Where the station has said, if you put in your picks every week, you get your money back. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yes, I've done that before. I mean, just the as an incentive to get yeah. people to be coming in. So, uh, in terms of the low rolling, now people would say, "Well, Fezzik, it's not worth your time," and I agree. But then again, if I come, and I, I, in the past I haven't entered, and I, that's a mistake. It's dumb because, well, I can put it on my resume. Hey, um, a last man standing winner. Sure. I, I haven't played the last man standing, and part of that was because station wasn't letting me bet more than once per day, and I was mad at them. But and Stations doesn't let you put your picks in on the app, yes, so which I is have, kind of frustrating. You've got to be in person. But Yeah, but uh, but they do let me bet now, you know, one to one trip you know, per day to the window. So basically, I can use that as my one trip. I'm like, I'll go in there. I'll, I'll put in my plays. I'll, I'll put in my bet first, and then I'll put in my, my, my last man standing bets and, you know, go from there. And probably I'll put them in every Saturday. So just from, from a strategic standpoint, like I, I don't know how many entries you have in, like, millions or, or things like that, but – 
for for this last man standing, how many of your five are going to be the same play? Week oh, they're one? all going to be the same the first four weeks. Because, okay. Because, and, and this is a, a good point. I, the last thing I want is to be like stranded with one last man standing. Oh, God damn it, I got to go over to the station to put in my one stupid pick that's not worth, that's worth, that's worth you know, $60 now or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll go all in with my favorite pick, which maximizes my, my utility also. Sure. It's, it's my highest win rate the first three or four weeks. And then at some point I get to week five. So the beauty of the last man standing is that your pick doubles in value each and every week because half the people get eliminated. Yeah. So you start, if, if a pick is worth 25, then it's 50, then it's 100, then it's 200, then it's 400. Ooh, now it's worth like $400. Now I can start having, you know, you know, consideration of how to, to play this a little bit more seriously and diversify. All right. That is going to do, do you have, I guess, do you have a best bet for this week or is, or are we just going to say nothing yet? Everything's going to be on the dream preview. I have two contest best bets. It looks oh, like there's going to be give it to me. overlays in the uh, Caesars William Hill contest. And again, I know you're just doing the one, you know, um, officially for your, for your picks. I would strongly encourage you to try to get more entries. In. Okay. Yeah, uh, but it all depends on you know they're guaranteeing 500 people signing up. If 480 people sign up, ah, eh, whatever. Who cares? But if, if if 300 sign up, I want to get more. Sign up and and you said, well, well, Fez, I you know I'm I'm I bet a thousand on New Mexico State, and it's it's like, what are you doing? Why didn't you enter that that contest again where you've got this this huge overlay? So the William Hill College Football Contest, and this it looks like the Circa Millions is going to have an overlay, and I'm always going to you know, track towards the overlays. And also there's so much more skill involved in those. The best example, and people argue with me all the time, but the best example, and I'm confident I'm right, is five years from now, I want you to like line up all the top five finishers in Circa Millions and the top five finishers in um, Circa Survivor. All right. And they can have a cerebral contest. I don't care if it's Jeopardy. I don't care if it's chess. I don't care if it's backgammon. I don't care if it's formulating sentences. The Circa Millions people will destroy. That's the, that's the, the heavy favorite. Survivor winners. All right. Uh, Not that there couldn't be an Einstein that wins Survivor. Just to help you guys out, go to pregame.com. Use the code CONTEST20. CONTEST, the number's 20. 20% off anything at pregame.com. You want a full season package. You want to jump in on Fez and I's college football NFL uh, combo package. You can do that. 20% off good for the next seven days. That's contest 20 at pregame.com. All right, Fez, thank you, my friend. Good luck week one of the NFL. I'm excited. I know you're excited. We're all excited. And, uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week r- recapping a little bit and talking about what went right, what went wrong in week one. Mackenzie, thank you. Thanks to you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week. 